want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go.
Episode 114, less than a week away from the Slacko and Thrapic and Valtex and show at Photo City Music Hall. <laughs> pointing, pointing, pointing. <laughs> we started the show out with Astral Moon from Rochester with the song Codex Gigas. Speaking of pointing, why is it called giving someone the finger when it's, <laughs> when it's showing them the finger? Showing them a finger. Yeah. You're not giving them your finger. Right? Yeah, that's true. We talked about that in the car. Yeah. What, what's, <laughs> what prompted that? <laughs> there was a jerk behind us. There was a jerk. And I... How does that jerk deserve to, to have your finger? Yeah, he doesn't. No, you're just showing it to him. Like, so look, I, at, look at this finger. Yeah. So I mentioned giving him the finger and you said, why do you want to give him your finger? Yeah. Don't you just want to show it to him? Yeah. How are you going to play Ebony with one less finger? Yeah. That would be hard. <laughs> How was your week? I think it was good. Yeah. We 
Hung out with friends. Yeah. Getting a little bit back to normal. We are anticipating the upcoming show. Yeah. That Can't is wait. this Saturday at Photo City, which we cannot wait for. Yeah. We have all kinds of special merch that mm. you're only going to be able to get at the show. Yep. That's all we're going to tell you. Yep. Um, and we did some fishing. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. How was your week? <laughs> it was it was the same as yours. Oh. <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. Minus we both have different employers. And I will leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, you want to talk about what we have going on this episode? I do. We have a return guest. We talked to Tommy Stewart in the past mm-hmm. from Hollow's Eve, Hollow Eye. <laughs> um, he is also a member of Dire Wolf, Negative Wall, also the owner of Black Doomba Records. Indeed. Uh, so we're going to have him on, have a conversation with him, talk about what he's been doing through quarantine, what's new with the label, what's new with Dire Wolf, and some other oddities. Uh, a big toe in the chimney, pants that walk themselves. Yes. Reflections in the well. Speaking of, let's hear the single off of his upcoming album, Doomsday Deferred. All right. Shadow in the Well.
Hello. Tommy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Okay, so let's kick it off. Yeah, so, yeah, I got stories. <laughs> all right, so your pre-sale starts today, which is the 11th, for yes. the new Direwolf record, Doomsday Deferred. Doomsday Deferred. So, isn't that the... I love the name, Doomsday yeah. Deferred. When I came <laughs> up with that, I was like, I saw that and I went, that's an old story. And I went, I, I love the, the sound of the word. That's so perfect. It's just D, 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 D. And it's like in the middle of the pandemic. And I was like, well, we're going to not pay attention to the pandemic. We're just going <laughs> to do carry on anyway. So it's doomsday deferred. Like we're, we're going to put our doomsday off. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Because that's the record was made during that. And I said, well, I'm not going to let it stop me from doing what I'm doing. And it didn't. I just kept right on doing what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. So what can we expect on this release? So it's really dark because I did make it during 2020 during everyone's we are all isolated. I made it, you know, in my home studio, which I call the blue Ogre noise lab. And, um, the drummer who was supposed to start out, he was going to make the whole album with me, got three songs into it and then he couldn't come. And then I ended up using different, drummers and finally couldn't get one and had to finish off that myself i'm not really a drummer but i have drums in the studio so i sat down and said you know what i'm just gonna have to figure out how to play drums <laughs> right now <laughs> and that's exactly what i did i sat down and said surely i could sit here and just come up and, you know let's see i'm gonna hit this and i'm gonna do this <laughs> so i sat there and learned a couple of fundamentals with sticks and i went I'm going to make up a drum part and by God, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down the tracks. So it was weird. I was having to push play, play over here and then run back over to the drums, you know, while the, while the session's going, <laughs> I run back over the drums and sit down and click myself off and then just start playing. And I go, Oh, I fucked up. So, whoops. And so I said, so I said, Whoa. And I'd have to run back in here and then stop it and restart it again, then run back in there. <laughs> I was like, I've got to do something about this running back and forth. And I'd sit down and go, Please get it right this time so we don't have to go back and forth anymore. <laughs> so you worked on your cardio at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And drums are cardio anyway. So, yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got It got me really more interested. I ended up finishing two songs on drums that actually had other drummers starting it, but they never finished the tracks. And then I ended up doing a track myself. And I was rather proud of that because I'd never done a drum track. And I still don't really play drums. But I've got drum credits because there's drums and I played them. That's awesome. So, you know, now I'm kind of interested in, well, I'm always interested in drums because I really love studying and listening to drum oriented stuff. But now I'm actually taking the time to sit down and learn some fundamentals and actually maybe play more, you know, not live, but just for studio reasons, recording reasons. But nice. I did spend a lot of time last year during all this breakdown of um, studying, um, and listening to and being exposed to drum-oriented music, such as um, Norse or Viking music or um, Wardruna-type things, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, where they were utilizing instruments from 1000 AD and mm -hmm. pulling from those kind of folk things. So I started listening to a lot of stuff in different um, areas of the world of that were drum-oriented and a lot of that found its way into the the making of the album. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the album, because it is, you know, all bass, 
drums and vocals only. So drums are very important in the project. And, um, so it became a very dark album. It's very dark. So Shadow in the Well. That is that is something. My okay. How many of us have a creepy, a creepy like great grandparents that were? I had a great grandmother. My I had some creepy family. Anyway, she lived. <laughs> she was very really religious, but they told like creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'd go stay with her, and she'd tell tell me about that. There's a big toe that lives up in the chimney. I don't know what that means. It was just weird. <laughs> but I didn't want to go over to the chimney. <laughs> she told me about a pair of pants that would walk down the their dirt road going up to the farm at night by themselves. So don't go down to the dirt road at night. <laughs> I think she was trying to like scare me into like staying in the house. Or yeah, something. it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so there's, but in her world, in my world, when I'm 10 years old, there's pants that walk around by themselves at night out in the dirt road. There's a big toe up in the chimney (laughs) that apparently you can do something. I don't know why it's got to be a big toe. It's just really weird and random. That is weird. (laughs) Wait, I thought you said toad. You're saying toe. A toe. Like a foot toe. I've never understood this. (laughs) I can't really even visualize. I'm like, why am I supposed to be... Why is it a big toe? Why is it big? <laughs> Does it have a face? I don't know. I, I've thought about this my whole life. Like, maybe if I look up in the chimney, I'd actually see a big toe. <laughs> but I was scared to go over to it because, yeah. you know, it'll get you. Yeah. Maybe if it was a little toe, you wouldn't you wouldn't have been afraid of it. Maybe the little toe lives in the sink, probably, or something. <laughs> in the sinks. But she said, another thing was that she said, if you went out, she had a well and an outhouse and all that. that so... She said, "If you went out to the well and you threw and you dropped a rock in it, that if you looked into the image, the ripples in the water, the images, that you would see images, and it would be what's going to happen to you one day." Hmm. Well, I went over to the well one day. This it's, I've been told this several times. One day I went out there in the daylight. It wasn't at night or anything spooky. It was daylight, and I went out there, and I, I said, I'm going to take this rock and put it in the well. Look, And, you know, I stood there, and I kind of peeked into the water, but I didn't drop the rock. And I swear I felt like there was something watching me. I was so in tune with the story that I just bristled up and said, I felt like there was something behind me. And I turned around and looked, and I kind of looked around at the bushes and all that, and I was like, there's nothing there. And I went, I, so I turned away and walked away from it, and I was afraid to drop the rock, rock in it and look. Uh-huh. Wow. Because it seems so real to me. Mm. Yeah. So Shadow in the Well is actually me writing about that exact moment when of the story of what my grandma told me. <clears throat> so everything on the album is kind of real. Oh, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. It's fun. Yeah, it's going to be it's fun for me to get it out of me. It's a catharsis because this is a lot of it's a lot of dark stuff that I'm I'm glad it's left me now. Good. Yeah. So you you played cello on on here? Yeah, you know that's another one. It's like drums. I don't really play cello, but I wanted that kind of a sound on there. Yeah. So before what I've done to achieve that sound, that kind of a sound is that I've used um my volume knob and kind of brought it up as I was using a lot of shine in the reverb, yep. like overly reverbed. Yeah. And if you use your volume knob, you can kind of affect a bow sound. Mm-hmm. 
And um, this time I really wanted the sound of a cello, not really a fake sound or anything. I thought about going and getting a bow and doing it on the bass. And I think I even tried it once or twice and went, eh, it's not right. So I finally went over to a music store and actually rented a cello for a month for 30 bucks or something. And I got it home and found out that not only do I love cello, I really do, but I found out that it's really hard to play. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> that that ain't no... Now I have a newfound respect. I always did, but now I really respect what they're doing because it's all about how you hold the thing and this, that, and the other thing. I understand music, but I don't... Instruments have their own mechanics. Right, Yeah. And so you have to learn the new mechanics of whatever it is. The scales are the same. Yeah. But but you have to learn how to do the mechanics of it. Well, I managed to scratch out just enough. I managed to make good enough notes and scratch out just enough to do the um, little pieces and parts that I wanted for that piece. It was very simple. It wasn't much to it. But I again, I did. There is cello on there. I did play it. Therefore, I have a cello credit. That's cool. <laughs> you know, I don't have to play anything but that one part. <laughs> Do you think you'll buy? You know, I used to. I used to tell people they'd say if they said anything nice, like that you're a good bass player. Back when I was in Hallow's Eve, and I'd, I'd say, you know, I only know the 13 songs you just saw live. I don't know any <laughs> other songs. <laughs> that's that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> if I was asked to change the set, I'd say, no, 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 no. I only know those 13 songs. <laughs> did you like the cello enough to buy one? No, there. No. I would buy. I I would really like to, but you know, you'd have to spend a lot of time mm -hmm. doing it mm -hmm. to be, you know, somewhat proficient at it enough to enjoy it. Yeah, and I just simply don't have enough time in my day to learn the instrument. Although, if I had a choice of buying one more instrument, it'd probably be that one. Yeah, but it would take a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. But right now, like I have. Um, I mean, I have a piano I'm not playing with very much, a couple of keyboards, but right now I'm kind of working on drum fundamentals and um, kind of really interested in being a little better on drums. I also have a, I also have a double neck, uh, five string and four string bass. The four string side is um, fretless. Oh, cool! And I would like to spend more time on that thing and actually work up a piece or two that I you know, could do, mm -hmm. um, you know, not, maybe not even in front of people just because I'd like to play it. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to figure out like, what could I do with this? And it's a great sounding thing too. It sounds the five string part sounds just like the, my other two bases that I use all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I thought about using it a lot, but you know, it's real heavy. Yeah. I, I bet. And <laughs> you know, you got to change on stage and uh, it's real heavy. And, uh, and frankly, I'm just a little lazy. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to lug around a 50 pound bass on my back right? <laughs> <laughs> or, and even carry it on the road. The thing is, I don't have a case for it Oh, yeah. and it's very expensive to even get the case made for it to carry it on the road. So it's basically never going to leave my house. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed having it, though. I'd like to spend more time on it. Right now, though, it seems like I'm more into fooling around on drums. Mm -hmm. So so today I have um, the drummer. We announced today that the drummer for Grave Next Door uh, from Michigan, Patrick Salerno, has driven all the way down here uh, 15 hours yesterday. So to come and rehearse the set with me that we'll be touring with in the fall, we've got dates in October, and November so far. 
we're going to tour further than that too. Oh, nice. You know, January, February, and whatever. But uh, so, um, so what I'm doing is uh, I have signed Grave Next Door to Black Label. I mean, Black Label, Black Doomba Records. Mm. So I've signed them, and he's going to act as our tour drummer. So where the two bands are actually touring together. So he's come he- down here right now, but not just to do that. Um, also, we worked on some recording today of something new, and uh, tomorrow he's going with me. I'm filming. Uh, we're videoing. Uh, I have a green space rented, green space studio rented, and um, we're going to go. We're doing a video tomorrow. I brought all five drummers from the album are going to be in it. Oh, that's cool. So the video is basically five drummers doing stuff. Um, there's going to be like swirling skies behind us and close-ups of us looking crazy and overacting and whatever. And we're going to have a <laughs> we're going to have on our hoods and just be doing stuff. It's going to be a very surrealistic video the song is uh <clears throat> indiscriminate trepidation oh nice oh nice That's it'll awesome. be the third single and the third video from this album it won't come out for a while we're do we'll record it tomorrow but so we did shadow in the well and the next single i'll do in july and there'll be a video for it in august so this video that we're doing right now will come out i see it scheduled to come out in september 15th well, I am booked way down the line. <laughs> That's good. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. 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 See, nobody should have ever showed me what Google Sheets are because now <laughs> I can schedule my entire... <laughs> yeah. I can color code and schedule everything to every day. And I'm handling, um, I think, six active bands right now are preparing to put out albums on Black Doomba. Nice. And they'll be coming out. Um, I got them more or less generally scheduled. Like it's really a matter of when they get their materials together. Like one of them doesn't go in the studio to September or whatever. But in my mind, I should be able to release one like every other month. Mm. Uh, it's really just a matter of them getting materials in. But it should be like an every other month thing till these six get done. We'll see what happens after that. That's great. So a lot going on. I have um, so Tommy Stewart's Direwolf, of course, and then that's me. And then Grave Next Door, Minerva from South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, just signed them. Holy Roller from North Carolina. Hmm. Um, and all of these have an EP out. This their first full release or what, but they all have music out where you can hear it. Nice. And uh, that one, and then see, I think Grave Huffer's got another thing they're working on. And Dayglow Morning. I does they are scheduled to make another album, but I don't think they I don't know if they've, they've gotten any new music worked up or not. I don't know. So, you know, there's more coming. That's cool. Busy. Yeah, real busy. I'm sorry I'm talking your head off, but I mean I've been cooped up in the studio. All no, time. it's I great. It. Good. I just have so much to tell about. I'm so passionate about <laughs> what all's going on that I just feel like talking (laughs) (laughs) so you mentioned touring are you gonna make it up uh northeast man i hope so well we're trying we're trying it's a matter of finding promoters honestly any promoter that's interested in having the bands up um and not just me and grave next door um grave huffer is on some of the shows they're doing some of the shows with us in october but part of what i do at black doomba is i try to help all the bands network with each other and gig swap and help each other get shows. I really wish I had a band 
upstate New York would be great to get a band in. I've in negotiating. I'm in negotiating with one. Uh, um, I think they're in New Jersey, but they're basically a New York band. I'm negotiating with one there. Uh, there was one in Philly I almost had. Uh, they didn't do it. Now they've called back going, I kind of wish we had done that. And I'm like, I kind of wish you had too. Yeah. <laughs> they put, they had a great album. They just decided to plop it out there themselves. And when you do that with no promo or anything, you just don't sell. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's hard. And that's they did really that. Hard. And then like three months later, they're going, can we do a redo? <laughs> I went, oh, I tried to tell you. <laughs> I said, I'm not against redos. Just let me know when you're ready to go again. And we'll take a look at it. I'll see if I think I can, because I would love to get further up in the East Coast and the Eastern. Well, pretty much all the bands are like, you can draw a line from San Antonio to somewhere in Wisconsin. Pretty much all the bands in the label are in the U.S. and on the right side of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although we did have League, we had League of Corruption in Vancouver. And Gallo God, believe it or not, in England, I actually sold out of them from uh, Plastic Head Distribution. Hmm. The minute I got international distribution based out of the UK, I put Galagod in there, which had kind of been just sitting there, mm -hmm. and they sold out. <laughs> I was well. like, well, that was the thing. They needed to be sold in England. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is the first band I've had that sell, sold out, and the band hasn't existed since 2013. Wow. I just was a big fan of the band, and I bought their back copies mm -hmm. and put them up as if they were... On the label, mm -hmm. might as well. They didn't go with a label or anything, and I went. I ju I just called them up and said, "You got albums? Because I really like you. Mm -hmm. I just like you." And I tried to get you know, and I sold a few here and there and yonder. But all of a sudden, when I got international distribution and put us really in Europe and made it where people don't have to spend a lot of money to buy stuff here, they can get it there. Yep, they can get our stuff there and not spend twenty four dollars to get the twenty four dollar album yeah. over there. Yeah, they can just. Go. Plastic Head's got like 15 brick and mortar stores in England. They're also in other countries in Europe and they're also in Japan. They're in Tower Records and Best Buy and all kinds of stuff. I was like, so now you can go there and you can find Grave Huffer in the Tower Records in Tokyo. That's cool. So this was a big step for Black Duma Records yeah, to be able great. to put albums there. That's great. I know. I felt like I was, I was like, and now I'm gonna. Now I can be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who did the artwork for the new Direwolf? Oh, that's Mont Doom. He's an Italian artist who's also known. I think he did a Monolord cover. Mm. He did, um, and he did the Dayglow Morning Dead Star cover. Oh, nice! Which I was so thrilled with. I finally started. I had been looking at nine artists' um, works for the cover of this, mm -hmm. and I finally went with Mondoom because of um, something really touched me about the way that the cover looked. It just felt right. Mm -hmm. Everything was, I liked the idea that it was all, everything was just green on it and just some kind of green, and it was this very nature thing going on it fit with a lot of the songs I was doing and sort of how I was presenting myself and uh, the four videos that I was that I'm making right now I'm on video number three tomorrow each one of them represents a different element of earth oh, so cool. so earth so earth was the first one shadow in the well and then the second one is um, fire 
and that one will come out later. It's uh, the the name of the song is Two Trog Yomp. And then the next one that we're doing right now, we're working on, will be uh, air. And then the final one will be water, hmm. which will come out like next October. So there's kind of a theme running with the artwork, the videos, the songs, the the colors, the shirts. I, well, I just released a shirt that's sort of a fatigue dark green with the wood guy face from oh, the yeah. back of the album cover on it yeah and right away people i said i've been looking i've been trying to find some kind of a shirt design i would like that's not black yeah and uh I, I i just never can find anything that i go yeah i like that finally this whole green thing happened i went i can go with kind of a dark brown green and it'll fit the whole woodsy green thing it'll be cool yep yep that's on your and then do it's you know, on your doom metal. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's on right now. The pre-sale is on Bandcamp. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Black Doomba Records Bandcamp is exactly where you can get it. And until September third, September third is the actual release date. Now the thing is, in the Bandcamp thing, um, this is you know it's a pre-sale, so it's actually a couple of dollars cheaper now. You get a free digital download after September third. It won't be. You get a free digital download with it, but also there's different bundles. This this has two variants um, of vinyl, um, and also there's the CD. So you can get the vinyl, or you can get the two vinyls together, or you can get a vinyl and a CD package. You can get a T-shirt and CD, or a T-shirt. Uh, there's two different ones to pick from, or a T-shirt and a vinyl. Mm -hmm. You can get an everything package, which is... If you buy, get everything, it's twenty five percent off, and you had said so on the Bandcamp. So, like one level is fifteen percent off, the next level is twenty percent off, the everything is twenty five percent off. So you can get the like two vinyl variants plus the CD for uh, I believe forty dollars and fifty cents, which is twenty five percent off. But here's what I haven't told you yet: <laughs> the album called with a variant called Rotting Sun that has kind of a it's black with a kind of a green comet looking thing on it mm -hmm. uh to match the cover of course that one also comes with a single a seven inch vinyl single of shadow in the well back with lilith crimson deep from the first album mm. oh nice so when you buy the vinyl you get a seven inch single with it nice the other vinyl is um it's it's green green smoke is the name of the vinyl design it's really transparent with green smoke in it. It's the idea. It may come out opaque. I haven't actually... I'm, I'm trying to get the factory to send me... I think the 17th when they're actually printing it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get a photo of it instead of using a model because the models are close, but they're not exactly what it is. Yeah. So, anyway, that one comes... If you buy that one, it also comes with something I already released called Sorted Songs from a Cold Black... I mean, Sorted Songs... <sighs> For a cold gray sun what that really is is that was a 45 ep 12 inch ep this was the four songs that were the outtakes from these sessions that to me didn't fit the, the album mm -hmm. but they seemed to i suddenly realized that the four songs that i felt like didn't fit the album fit each other mm -hmm. and i went okay so i'll make a little ep out of that and i'll let a little of it go early but I'm going to hold it back. I mean, it doesn't even have a, uh, I didn't even get a barcode in the back because I'm not really planning on selling it. What I really meant for it to do is to be an accompaniment for one of the vinyl variants. So when you get green smoke, 
you also get the four song outtake EP with it. Oh, nice. And that's $22. Nice. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a good deal. Yeah. So when you get the, like, when you get the everything thing, you get the CD, jewel case with eight pages, you get the CD, you get both vinyl variants, and you get the um, single vinyl, the seven inch single, and the outtake vinyl. So that's quite a package for yeah. 40 bucks. Fantastic. Yeah, I was able to. I've been engineering this since I started recording this and engineering this particular release in January 2018. I kept getting interrupted by helping other bands. That's exactly what happened. But I had it in my mind that the, the single and the thing was going to go with the next album and whatever. I was thinking of this the whole time and going, I can't wait till this gets off. I can't wait till this project comes out because it has been so involved to make it. Yeah. Right, running out of drummers, having to learn drums just to put the tracks down, uh, holding on to a seven-inch single for a couple of years, um, and so forth and so on. Uh, making four songs too many that I decided didn't. Actually, there's another one that, that I've gone ahead and shoved it onto the next release, which I don't <laughs> even think will come out like until 2023. <laughs> so I've already, so I've already. Well, that's what I was doing today. Me and Patrick, we just laid down a drum track for one song. And I've got one song already completed for this is for I'm talking about the album after this one. Wow. I've already started on it. Wow. Because I just want to get it out. <laughs> I just want, because, you know, I think people who are passionate about what they do, they just kind of don't ever really stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You it know? definitely shows that you're passionate. Yes. Yeah, I kept getting interrupted a lot, though, making this album. So another thing that happened was there was the Hallow's Eve remastered mm. Tales of Terror. Mm -hmm. So Metal Blade contacted me during the pandemic. He <laughs> contacted me and wanted me to look through all my live recordings, which I have tons of. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to find bonus tracks we could kind of touch up and maybe, and they're all from cassettes. And, you know, they weren't like, we weren't, they weren't recorded for the purpose of yeah. being anything. So we added bonus tracks to it and remastered it and made a nice package. And there's a photo of my handwritten lyrics, my original handwritten lyrics for this, for the song Hallow's Eve is on there. I actually still had that. That's cool. And, um, there's a photo of that and photos, just stuff from my little collection. So, um, so I was working on all that, you know, too, in the middle of making this. Wow. Uh, that's why I think that's why I'm so excited about getting this out because it's, it's like something I've been trying to get off my back for two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> Would you please release so that I can move <laughs> on with my life? <laughs> so you came up in a conversation that we had a couple months ago. I remember when we originally talked to you, you talked about how the process you go through to sign bands, right? You want to make sure that they're actively touring, even if it's locally. You want to make sure they're active on social media. They're getting out there. And obviously, the world like stopped for over a year, and you signed new bands. So how you must have changed like the way you signed bands um, during the pandemic. I, yeah, the part that I couldn't hold anybody to was that I expect bands to be, because I want them to engage with each other and support each other and gig swap. And help each other get shows and make the, the so my idea was to unify the doom bands that could help each other that yeah. actually could support each other um 
So I look for bands that were at least playing out of state a little bit. I know people have jobs and we have to be, we don't want unrealistic expectations, but we can do a little bit. So that part I kind of had to set aside a little bit and I had to look at their past a little bit too. Some of these bands literally just didn't even form until isolation. And wow. that's kind of how they formed. So I talked to them a lot about playing out and uh, each one had a different story. But the ones I made sure that they were definitely on, t on top of social media and posting regularly and having engagement. You could see their engagement. They're on different platforms. So they were marketable. They were marketing themselves. Yep. I mean, nobody's going to buy your album. Sell, being Sales doesn't necessarily, marketing doesn't necessarily mean sales. But you're not going to have sales if you don't tell people you exist. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You yep. have to be out there telling people about it. You know, you can't be shy about it. You got to tell them, we are here. We are here. Look at us. Here's our music. And I was also looking for bands that um, had like made decent photos and had, I'm really into them having very good art. Mm -hmm. I'm, I tell them that when I first talk to the bands, that's one of the first things I stretch is stress is I go, I've got to see your art that you're promote, proposing to use. Yeah. I said, and I tell them, if you look at my band camp at the black Doomba band camp, <clears throat> you look at all the artwork, you're going to notice that it's all really good. Yeah. I go, that's not an accident. That's because I'm popping up and down about it. Yeah. And I get bands that already kind of know something about art. Yeah. And a lot of what you put out is vinyl. So I think that that's really appealing that the artwork is good for vinyl. Yeah. That's why that's another reason the artwork has to be good. I mean, people still do buy some CDs, but mm. um, it depends on who you are and where you are. Like um, for Black Doomba, probably. <laughs> only like 30% of what I sell, but it's a good mark is a CD. It's still worth having. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> but, um, but I'm more interested in vinyl. I think vinyl packages are much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. We agree. And, and you gotta have stuff with it too. So I get all the, so like, I didn't even mention it, but like in my album and all, and all pretty much all of them, I try to get the bands to, uh, one easy thing is to include a poster. And if they can't, get a lot of them made i go well just make a hundred and like the first hundred that sell get a poster there's some motivation for people buying it right away instead of later yeah yeah and that works yeah so uh yeah my album's gonna have a poster drift into black had a poster just now and uh grave huffer he came with two posters um day glow morning came with one that was a big fold out thing of the front and back of their artwork and uh, so all of them come with you know, posters, stickers, and all that stuff. So I forget to mention that stuff because it's just so. I just think it's supposed to be there to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should give people all this stuff. And as fans, we love getting that stuff. Yeah. 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 Me too. Well, I'm a fan, just like anybody. You know, yeah. I love that stuff. So, um, God, I remember being thrilled. Like, and even you know, later for collectors, I mean, even as huge as an album like Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd was from what 50 years ago or whatever mm -hmm. if you have a copy of, if you still have your poster that was in it that's like that makes your album but so much more valuable because you still have it oh yeah. yeah yep and see so that's what i tell like you guys go yeah man you don't know i mean you don't know what your album's going to be seen as in 10 years or 20 years 
and you know that it came with a poster if somebody has the lyric sheet or they don't might make it whether it's cooler or not cooler you know i don't know it's stuff like all that stuff matters to me yeah no that's great you know what was funny the uh well the new remastered there's some vinyls of the new remastered hallows eve uh tales of terror that came out this year Mm -hmm. yeah uh some of the copies if uh, a lot of people got them came with accidentally came with the sacred right lyric sheet oh wow <laughs> yeah so if you have one of those <laughs> it's <collector's> I, actually, <laughs> I got my set in and it was like that and i contacted metal blade and said, can i please have the lyric sheet that goes in the album <laughs> they sent me like 10 of them <laughs> whoops <laughs> and i was like yeah uh just in case people ask me about it then i could actually send them proper lyric sheet yeah. and i'd like my copy to have one too right. <laughs> 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 so I had this little stack of Sacred Reich uh, lyric sheets if anybody's interested. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're probably wondering why our Hallow's Eve lyrics are in theirs. <laughs> Is that what happened? They got swapped? I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they don't know. I don't know who's making these things. Somebody in Antarctica or something. Yeah. Probably doesn't know anything about it. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. Just put sheet. Put sheet in album. <laughs> but this one says, don't worry about what says. Just put sheet in album. <laughs> Paper goes in album. I don't know exactly where they're making them. But anyway, um, probably Germany because my A&R guy, and I, I think that the remasters are actually being done out of the German Metal Blade office because my A&R guy is in Germany. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I think they're actually making them there. And I think that's where this particular remasters are coming from. Because hmm. that's who I'm dealing with. Yeah. And there's more coming. I'm just not supposed to talk about it yet. That's okay. There's, We're excited. There's more yeah. coming. Yeah. What's and going in on? the future, you know, who knows? I mean, I've got a lot, a lot of Hallow's Eve stuff, if anybody's interested. I mean, i got tons of it. And I'm like going, I'm looking at stacks of it right in front of me right now, sitting in my desk at the studio. And I'm looking at it going, I... You know, we're putting out something right now, remasters with bonus tracks and all that at Metal Blade. But, you know, after after that, and they're not paying attention to it anymore, or I'm probably going to release something. Ken's pointing at himself over here, like, <laughs> frantically. <laughs> me! Yeah. Me! Me! <laughs> I've, got, um, I've got some whole shows. I've got us lo- in other lineups. Like, I've got us our whole show from Rocklahoma. I've got it on DVD and audio. Oh, nice. So I could probably release that. That's cool. You should. Yeah, That's you, one option. You but should. I've got some really old ones with the original lineups too, but the, the quality is really muddy sometimes. Mm-hmm. I really have to fish through tons of tape to find stuff that could work. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I would love to get it Rochester. Yeah, we Isn't would love to have guys? you here. Yeah. Um, you know, the last time I was there, there was still a Penny Arcade, so it's been a while. Yeah, that was that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. That's the last place I played in Rochester was the Penny Arcade. We played two shows there. We played one with Nuclear Assault, one with Fate's Warning. Well, we got to change that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Get you up this way. Definitely. And I think it was uh, the Lake, was it Lakeshore Records? Yeah. That we did an in-store at? Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we were there. Way back in the dim and distant past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would have been a long time ago, right? <laughs> yeah, like before most of us were born, except me, because I'm a vampire, apparently. Because <laughs> uh, people don't realize they 
So when your first band started playing, I go, man, I started playing in bands in the 70s, way before thrash metal. I've really been around a long time. Go, what? And I go, yeah, I was, he was like my sixth band. They're like, what? I go, no, I'd actually been around for a while then. So I've really been around a long time. Well, here's the thing. We were just talking about it the other day. So I'm a little older than most of the thrash bands. Not real old, but older than most. I'm like five years older than everybody else that got popular mm-hmm. um, in thrash. I was actually born at the end of the 50s. Mm. So I was born when rock and roll began. And, and so my experience of music, of popular music, was when rock and roll began. And I saw all the trends and comings and goings through the 60s 70s 80s 90s and so it's kind of unique because i've i've for uh a musician to have been born right then and you've sort of seen everything come and go yeah yeah it gives me a unique perspective because when everybody's real hung up on something i go you know that's not gonna be important later don't you (laughs) absolutely you know everybody's gonna look back at what you're doing and go haha look how they were dressed (laughs) oh they thought they thought that was heavy. <laughs> you know, the things that we think are precious, they're going to look back on and go, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the future of music is. And they'll all, but I know that there'll always be people around who like a thing. But here's something that's true metal itself has been around for like, what could you argue, 40 or 50 years? You right. start with yeah. Blue Cheer and Black Sabbath and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's really a long time. Yeah. Um, there's not very many styles of music that have lasted 50 years. Yeah. When you think about true. big band swing. Um, just any, I mean, even some of the stuff like how long was the Baroque period and whatever. So metal is going to be around even if historically listened to. It's, it's going to be around a long time. Yeah. I think people are going to still be looking at it and studying it 200 years from now, even when it's not the popular type of thing. I think I think they'll still exist as something, just like classical music does right now. Mm-hmm. You go back and listen to Beethoven and Bach and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I think people will look back at this time period as saying, "Here's this period mm-hmm. that we'll never forget." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to believe that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're in a I think we're in a period that we might not realize. It's hard for us to like recognize what it really may mean yeah. in 100, 200 years. Yeah. And I think some of the people right now that we listen to that are in, that we've seen live and we know and everything, I think they are, and it may not be the ones you think. Um, they may be the ones, they're going to be remembered in the same light, I think, as uh, some of the classic masters. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to take sides with people but i've got some sneaky suspicions about some mm-hmm. it's fun to think about anyway yeah mm-hmm. totally yeah i agree like you you'd have never thought that this one but who knows 300 years from now in some music theory class they may be studying celtic frost i don't know <laughs> that's <laughs> you know? yeah that's interesting. i wouldn't be surprised yeah interesting well i would i would I would I would think there was there's some things going on right now that we we like, but I think years from now they'll look back on it and go, "Wow, this was really innovative." So we wanted to ask you about Doomfest. Is that going to be happening in the fall? 
Yes. It the, is. the week of, I've already got my hotel room. Awesome. So Maryland Doomfest is going to happen in Frederick, Maryland. And uh, they did have some lineup changes because it was just impossible to keep the same. Yeah. But most of the lineup is intact. I know two or three, I think I lost four bands off that lineup that I was really excited about seeing. And I'm like, dang, man. Mm. But still, there's still like eight that I'm really excited about, but there's over 50 bands. Oh, wow. Nice. So Black Duma Records is a sponsor, and I'll be going there in person, and I'll be uh, there with my tables vending, and I'll have all my vinyls and CDs and wares and T-shirts and all that. I'll have all that stuff there, and I'll be there for four day, the whole four-day event. Nice. Oh, and also, I forget, I forget. Also, Tommy Stewart's Direwolf with Patrick from Grave Next Door is going to be playing at it this year. Awesome. So I'll, I'll actually like get to walk away from the table and actually play for 30 minutes and then come back. Nice. That's awesome. How fun is so, that? I know, man. It's going to be awesome because I actually get to play at the thing and just participate. I, I really like participating, though. I really love sponsoring because I get to go there. You meet so many people, and you like all the band, all the writers that you read their reviews. Like a lot of them are there, and you get to meet them. And a lot of the uh, label people are there. A lot of the bands are there that you listen to, and they're all just walking around like you are. And everybody's like, "Hey, man, I got your album. I got your album." You know.
That was The Burial Gown by Drift Into Black off of the Patterns of Light album that was released on May 28th, Black Doomba Records. We want to say happy seven-year wedding anniversary yes, to you and seven Laura. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> we have uh, been married seven years, but we've known each other since 1984. Wow. So when Hallow's Eve made our first demo tape, we put an ad in magazines, and I believe this one was, and it was an overseas magazine. I think it was, it might have been Metal Hammer. It was Metal, it was Metal something. That was, um, so anyway, she's the person, she actually sent off, and she's in Baltimore and I'm in Atlanta. She actually sent off to the magazine in England for our for our demo tape. She's the first person who ever bought music that i made oh that's cool for five bucks she bought the demo tape that's awesome and then you know i had no idea that years later i would be married to this person that's really cool it, it was real roundabout you know yeah. but we she was a pen pal and um when we came up north to play she offered her house up to stay at the house when we played in baltimore and we stayed there we said hi and all that and her boyfriend was there and all that so we'd stay at her house two or three times. I think three times. She'd probably tell me three times. And uh, then years, 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 years later, we just happened to got in touch again, became friends, and started dating by plane. And finally, I just said, "Why don't you just come here, and move, move in?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I enjoy the plane trips, and I like going to Florida and hanging, leaving my house at seven in the morning in the city in Atlanta. And then by 10 o'clock, I'm standing on a beach in Florida. That is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. But it's like $79 every time I do it. And I don't know. It just seemed like, well, why don't you just come live here? We can just drive to the beach together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's a cool story. Yeah. She was the first person to buy Hallow's Eve uh, demo tape. Well, Tommy, thank you very much for being on. We've taken up a bunch of your time. Thank you. Um, do you, in closing, do you have anything you want to, you want to close out with to promote any dates, anything like that? No, our first dates on the tour are October 2nd. That's a show with, uh, it's a pretty far off. That's an Atlanta show with Tommy Stewart's Direwolf, Grave Huffer and, um, Dayglow Morning. But then through October, November, you can start seeing that at least that a lot of the black Doomer bands will be doing all that stuff. And you you can look forward to Minerva. You're really going to like them and Holy Roller. Nice. They're, they're both real good. And you can go on both of their Bandcamp sites. Minerva is M-N-R-V-A. And uh, Holy Roller is one word. But if you look at those, you can hear what they've already done and go, wow, this is, what, this is what's coming. Nice. Something like that. Well, we're going to check <clears> them out. Definitely. Yeah, the song Killer Whale from Holy Roller, that was my favorite one that I heard by them. That's the one that made me want to sign them. I went, this is exactly what I wanted, nice. what I want the label to sound like. Awesome. We're going to we're gonna have to listen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, man, okay, well, I'll talk to you later, and I hope I didn't talk your head off, because mm. you can just ask me one question, and I'll talk 15. <laughs> no. <laughs> we that, love it. That's always a pleasure. All right, Tommy, have a great night. All right. Bye-bye. Take Bye. care. Bye.
I always love talking to Tommy. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. And he's got a lot going on, which is awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Good for us. Good for the fans. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a lot of prepping to do for our upcoming Saturday show. We do. So we're going to head on out of here. Yeah. And we will see everyone this coming Saturday at Photo City. Yes. For Anthropic, Voldhexen, yes. and Sulaco. Yes. We're going to close the show out with another Black Doomba artist. We're going to hear Dayglow Morning, the song Dead Star. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And don't clog your chimney with the big toes. <laughs>
rock and roll live at the Penny Arcade, Rochester's only nightclub that regularly features top rock recording artists. Hear them now at the Penny Arcade. Watch them become the next superstars of sound. Experience the Penny Arcade from wall to wall with homemade pizza, Mexican food, and sandwiches served till 2 a.m. With the latest in all electronic game equipment with drink specials every night to fit your budget. Experience the Penny Arcade, 4785 Lake Avenue at the Lake. 